I got rice cooking in the microwave. Got a three-day beard I don't plan to shave. And it's a goofy thing, but I just gotta say, hey, I'm a doing all right. Yeah, I think I'll make me some homemade soup. Feeling pretty good, and that's the truth. It's neither drink nor drink. All right, all right, all right. You are here with P.A. Rutt Reports Hunting, Fishing, and Outdoors. Here with P.A. Rutt Mike, P.A. Rutt Rob, P.A. Rutt Brad, and Game On! Sean Bailey. Game On! This is episode 13. I know we're backtracking, but something happened. I'm not going to get into it. But at any rate, uh, we're here with Game On, Sean Bailey. Uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, first half, uh, all cooking, what he has, what he has not wait, done. Wait, 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 um, wait, 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 wait. Oh, you interrupted wait. him again during his introduction. Always. We emphasize. It's Brad, it wasn't me. We're going to emphasize the fact that it's episode 13. Emphasize, oh, you want to get into emphasize it? Emphasize the fact that it's episode 13. Our last episode was 13.5 because we made a little bit of a technical mistake on the original episode 13. I won't go into detail. Well, to air is human. To really screw up, you got to be a computer. So there we Bailey. go. Sean Bailey. Game <laughs> on. Game on. Game on. Some people think he only knows about cooking wild game. but He knows a lot more. After the conversation we had earlier, there's a lot more going on in that head. He is a wealth of knowledge. Wealth of knowledge. But anyway, so we are here. That's my favorite 13. Um, glad to have him back. Um it's good. To Whenever be we talked the last time, it was it was an it was an awesome conversation we had, and uh, I'm hoping that continues here tonight. Um, but let's just start it off. Um, you're with Game On. Yeah. Uh, you have a, 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 a TV show. Uh, well, you're trying to produce. Now. Yeah, yeah, we're trying, trying to, get to get produce it. Trying to get um, and how did you go about that? How did you get into it? Um, you can mention your guys who help you out with that. Um, exactly. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead the producers, that. they couldn't come here today. Sean and Kevin, they came up with this idea. And um, I don't know, their uh, camera guys from military retired. And if you see any of the CNN or the Fox uh, live footage of the war in Afghanistan, these guys filmed it. And, you know, they're very modest. They won't tell you that. But uh, they came up with this idea, and they, uh, they approached me through a mutual friend and uh, interviewed me, worked out pretty good, and uh, we're going forward with it. So it's great. So basically, it's a natural living show. It's not just wild game cooking. You know, we're foraging uh, as well as wild game. And uh, it's prep the plate in 30 minutes. And uh, it's just a great concept. You know, wild game doesn't get the credit it deserves. Yeah, I, th- I, I think the prep the plate in 30 minutes will we'll emphasize that. Prep the plate in 30 minutes, that's that's the real deal. Yes. Okay, so you prep prep to plate something that you go to Walmart and purchase. You prep to plate plate something that you're, you come home and cook at the end of the day after you get off work to cook for kids. You're you think about it, no one has time. No, you know they come home? Pre- prep to plate in 30 minutes is something that is uh, undervalued. Time, do, you know, do you know what we're time. missing is the family sit-down meal. Families yes, don't sit yes. down anymore, and it's very important. So our idea is, you know, if we can have an idea of a full, not just the main dishes, but the sides as well, a full plate ready to go in 30 minutes, more time for the family to sit around and enjoy themselves. And let's face it, we all work, mothers and fathers who come home. We don't want to spend two hours in the, in the, in the kitchen. Kids get tired, and uh, that's our concept. You know, we want to get everything out, served, and sit down around the table and bring every family back and together. just to point this out, the sides that go with the main course, the main uh, right. protein, 
uh, mean a lot. That's a big, big part of that is fa- making a gigantic portion making your meal successful. Exactly, because if you um you know just don't join the show just to look at the wild game cooking. If you don't end the wild game, but our side dishes are just as important. And if you get in and like to make them, you might look at our wild game and try it. You know, it's a way to reach out. Uh, we want to make gourmet style dishes at home so everyone can enjoy it. But yeah, our side dishes, we put a lot of time in their side dishes. As and that's well. a big thing with uh, people. They do the same stuff all the time. Exactly. Tenderloin on the grill, bacon wrap it, exactly. throw it in the oven. Um, sausage, know, what, what, jerky, yeah, sausage, burger. Sausage, jerky, burger. That's it. Um, and, and expect it to be good every time. Well, you're there to make sure that they can try something new. So they can try uh, exactly. a, a wide variety of things and, and uh, broaden their horizons on cooking yeah. wild game. I mean, game. in the big cities, they're doing fancy restaurants and charging an astronomical amount of money. But we have the dishes here. You know, if you hunt it yourself, it's as organic as it's going to get. And I just want to show you how to cook it because or, um, wild game, it takes a little different cooking technique because people, as I say, kill it twice. Mm-hmm. They go out, they overcook it because they think it's wild game. they got to really cook it. You really don't. There's no fat in it. So you really want to cook it to a medium, medium rare, and that's when the real flavors come out. And it doesn't overdry it. So now for all our hunters out there, the killing it twice isn't you had a bad shot the first time and you harvested no. the second time, right? Exactly. It's when you put it on the ground, you take it and you kill it on the oven. Now, do, you, do you do desserts also? Uh, I dabble in little desserts. I did some apple dumplings for our pilot show, which is really good, but uh, not as much. I, we have an episode with my daughter, and she cooked a wacky cake. Which sounds weird. It's a depression cake. It sounds it was, wacky. It does. It totally wacky. It's on YouTube, but uh, it's 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 a depression cake where they cooked and didn't have any eggs. They used oil, vinegar, and they made a cake out of it. And now you can use eggs. You can use uh, mayonnaise, but it's a very moist, delicious chocolate cake. So, and we picked the strawberries too. So it worked Is that out good. The same as using uh, using applesauce. Yes, applesauce. Okay. So- it's the moisture. Okay. And the sugar. Definitely. Definitely. Exactly. Cool. I, like, I like mayonnaise. Speaking of apples, it is the season right now to be picking apples and making whatever you need to do with it. It's apple apple season. I have two apple trees in my backyard, and I didn't do anything to them this year. But the benefits are amazing because I have a dough and two fawns coming in every day. See, you have dessert (laughs) and a meal coming right in. (laughs) You have a full dish. In 30 minutes, listen, I'll shoot it. You come up, and like, if we can cook it, we're cooking it. Plate. Or prep the plate in 30, 30 minutes. minutes. But that's 30 the thing, too. Not counting drag about, time. You know, I'm talking about wild game. Uh, you're talking about any kind of fish. Oh, yes, uh, exactly. When it comes salmon, yeah. like salmon, lake trout, 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 trout pheasant, pheasant, duck. Yeah. Um, we're going to dab in some, some bear, but you know what? It depends on where you get the bears, if it's edible or not. And goose. Well, it's um, bears with what is it? I love it's uh, goose. basically if they're around. Uh, well, I'm just going to, if they're around dumpsters. Yeah, if it tastes like a possum, like it's going to taste like a possum. If you're around cornfields, they're going to exactly. taste a lot better than, yep. you know, so. Yeah. Now, the one thing with, like, gaminess, like with, um, and we maybe talked about it before, is if you get a venison that's very gamey, same thing with fish. If you just marinate it in milk for 20 minutes to an hour, it'll take all that gaminess out. That's what the restaurants do when they charge $50 a plate. Every venison they take, they marinate it in milk. There's an acid in milk that breaks down that taste, and, and salmon, I do it in my salmon and trout all the time. And it doesn't uh, matter what kind of milk, 2% no, whole milk. No, 2%, uh, it could be zero fat. It's the acid in the milk, which breaks it down. <laughs> Salmon's very, very good in that. Milk. 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 Is that the same as, uh, uh, that was crazy you said that. Is that the same as, uh, uh, wow, 
because we were talking about this and I was like I had a thought and then I was listening to like the whole milk conversation where are you like going milk. with this not, look Frankenberry Booberry and, and Count Chocula are out right now <laughs> just saying exactly. dude like, cereal. my mind just went cereal. somewhere else with cereal uh, I'll get back to that point forget well, there me. we go can I, cu- can I cut in can oh I yeah dance? you can, can I dance with Sean <laughs> you can dance you can dance tap on the shoulder here we go put the ruler out we'll keep a foot apart I'll rewind back a couple of minutes here um I think something that's very important that both of our organizations are very in tune with that is, uh, in my eyes, a large part of what is wrong with us as a society. Um, the value of the the value of family and the value of a home-cooked meal, okay? You, you, yep. you are looking at improving what's wrong with us as a society. Um Family values. Family, family is the most important thing that you can implement. Okay, we'll say it's 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 it, very important. It's very important. Yep. I mean, it's not the most important, but it, it is the most influential in relation to planting seeds and getting people. It's to the footer in a good be, yeah. good way. Yeah, a, a good a good upbringing. A good yep. the, the family values is good. The the dinner table the dinner table should be. Religious. If the dinner table should be the most. If you're, if you have kids, if you are a father, if you are a mother, the dinner table should be the highest point of reverence in your lifestyle for the rest of your life. You're right because what the families now are getting too involved in sports on weekends and that they're running around left and right. We at least take. We like to eat during the week, but Sunday we take it as a day. If we're going to sit down with a family, have a family meal, but we're getting away from it. Oh yeah, and you know well, when these kids are, you know what? It's, there's so, there's so much dissonance. There's so much dissonance between what 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 is important and what is taught. Importance is not taught anymore. What's taught right. is well, make that money, do it quick, do it fast, do it now, whatever now, it takes, like, anytime. Yeah, just go for it, go for it, go for it. Which is. You got to respect it to a certain extent, but there is still that that blaring lack of patience. Nobody teaches patience. There's no. nothing about patience in the family. There's nothing about patience for your kids. There's nothing about patience that, if you look at the value that you're gaining from going out and sitting in a tree stand, you're looking at the value you're gaining. Or the effects of not having involved. patience on your kid. Or, uh, the uh, opposite. You know, the, if you freak yes, out and your yes. kid's gonna, that's a memory that kids are gonna always have. Everyone and I think wins. our show, we yeah. really want to focus on that family core. That's really, really want to go. We've become a fast, fast, fast food, food nation. We've become a microwave society. Yep. That it's how fast can I get it done because I have to move on to the next thing. Yeah. We do not know what it's like to sit down and stop and relax. Right. We don't know how to hold conversations with one another. Nope. You look at your phone. Oh, it's just run, run, run. That's all it is. And I have, you know, two kids, uh, one's three, one's seven. Uh, my seven-year-old's baseball, soccer, uh, was into karate, you know. Uh, it was something every night of the week. And when he was doing baseball and soccer at the same time, it was just run, run, run. Yep. Picked him up from school, got him home, got him changed, got him to soccer practice, came home, uh, threw something, threw pizza in the oven. Uh, they ate, you know, we did homework, and he's in the bed. Um, there's just no time anymore with uh, – and that has to do with, you know, back in the day, the you know, your wife would stay home or she right. had a part-time job. Now it's not that world anymore. You have to have two no, full-time. I, th- I think sports and that, too, are more demanding of the kids. Oh, it's, it's, certainly, certainly. it's way too serious, Speci- way too specialized, young. Specialization is ridiculous. over-emphasis of going for that right. dollar. I never Riding did. I never, dollar. ever, when I was younger, was into soccer at this young age as, as he is. 
or baseball for that well, matter. I don't know what you guys are seeing, but we're seeing at our camp the younger, younger generations are getting further away from hunting. I mean, they're going their games and they're not really following. We have my nephew, and that's great. It's good to see young kids come and go oh, hunting yeah. and trapping yeah. again. Yes. There's kids don't know what nature is out there. They trap it's all in their a, games. Trapping is a dying art. Yes. It, so it, it is. truly it is. is. When I find when I run into people who I talk to that trap, I pick their brains because yeah. I didn't grow you know, I didn't grow up in the hunting thing. But now that I'm that I that my passion's the outdoors, I talk to these guys about trapping. Yeah, and, I grew up and, trapping and hunting and it's well it's now really you can do cool. snaring too, but you gotta take a special class for that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. You have to take yeah. it because it um that's good certified. Well what, yes. what not, not not to stray too far off topic of what we're talking about right now, but this lines up with what we're talking about. What we talked about in episode thirteen point five. Point five. Um in the future. In the future. In the future. <laughs> this is yeah, this is back to the future three. Okay. Not one, not two, back to the future three. Um if you look at how we can influence our youth and how we can instill what both of our companies are talking about instilling, and that is what you gain from a life or a outdoor lifestyle um, growth pattern or influence pattern while you're growing up. Um, you take a look at how, how how much do you value patience? How much do you value the instilling of patience and appreciation of what's going on right now? And right what about the instilling too? It's it's not about the kill. Hunting is just about oh, yeah, the full yeah. day. Well, that's people the, get turned up yeah, on the yeah. kill. It goes back. It goes. It goes back to the right now. Okay. Yep. If if you emphasize the right now, how 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 are you appreciating what's going on around you? So if if you look at sitting in a tree stand when the sun comes up in the morning when. Uh, you're you're sitting there for an hour and a half in the darkness. You're sitting in pitch black. Everything you hear, everything you in your mind that's going on, that it's just an emphasization of hearing and the, the other senses that you don't have when you're seeing anything. But then when the sun comes up, it's it's where is there is no point of appreciation. There is no point of accepting that that is something that should be learned. It's a value. Right. That's something that should be gained. That's something that should be taught. It should be something that should be inherent and is, for the most part, inherent in our kids. But Well, you influence, you talk to me, because that's why I cook, is my grandfather yeah. and my dad. They cook the camp. You know, when you see them cooking in the kitchen, influence you, like, wow, you know what? Grandpa did it. I should be able to do it. Oh, yeah. And they teach you, and they core value even back then. Yes. Well, your grandfather's yeah. a huge influence on your outdoor life as a, as a youngster growing up, right? Uh, very much so. And you have a 100-acre uh, farm in Punxsutawney, right? 118 acres up in Punxsutawney where the groundhog comes out. Yep. No, all them big groundhogs we talked about. All them big groundhogs. My cousin painted them. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, Punxsutawney is a great... I've heard a lot of great things about the deer hunting in Punxsutawney oh, and, the, and, and the deer numbers. One, one, of the greatest, think, one of the greatest films ever made. Groundhog Day? Groundhog Day. Yeah, Bill Murray. <laughs> ever made. Now I will say I will say this the, the the lessons that I've learned and I and I got into the outdoors later than you guys in life um, some of the lessons that I look for our youth to be able to pick up are I'll, we can translate into our everyday lives we are such an impersonal society now that everything's through text um, everything's through social media nothing is personal like we were talking about the dinner you know sunday right. dinner sitting down having conversations kids don't know how to handshake now they, they don't no look in the eye they don't know how to handshake but when i have a kid that does that it means a lot to me oh definitely and i tell him i definitely. tell the dad you know what this is nice yeah it, and i and try it, to teach my daughter you know when someone talks to you you acknowledge them you look at them you look at them in the eye exactly 
and and you look at the lesson of harvesting an animal, okay, and and, and this will tie into what, with what he does. When we harvest an animal, we I, I think as hunters we all go through phases. We all go through that. You want to kill. You right. you want to get that under your belt. You want to you want to kill. Put the notch I mean, on the bow. Yeah. Now the ethical harvesting of an animal, because it's not just about the rack sitting on the wall anymore. When you harvest an animal, there's something that happens within us that it, it, it's not. Hey, look at what I did. It's it's not that prideness of I just killed something. It's wow. I just I just. I took a life. I took a life, and now yeah, what am I going to yeah. do with it? And when right. it be, when you put it into your stomach and you actually butcher it yourself, you know, we were talking about Brad with, you know, hanging up a deer possibly on Saturday, you know, if we're, able, if we're lucky enough to harvest one. There's a lot more when you're doing it now that means a lot more. And those lessons that we can teach a youth are greater than what they're going to learn on an Xbox, right. what they're going to yeah. learn on hanging on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, all, all the crazy stuff that you know that we do to reach out right. to people. There, 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 there's a strong spiritual value to yes. hunting. There's a very strong spiritual value. Some and people, if you don't ba- people, if you don't feel bad for the animal you're hunting and have respect for it to take it ethically, oh, yeah, then you probably yeah, shouldn't be out there. But that goes back to cooking <laughs> yeah. and flavor. Yeah. If you don't take it ethically and that deer suffers, it's going to have a gamey taste. Mm-hmm. So ah. you owe it to the deer to drop it as quick as you can for A, B for the deer, and three for the flavor. I mean, listen, you cook a deer steak and you shrivel it up and it's it's horrible. Right. Why did you take that animal's life? Well, think about this way. It. You cook that deer steak horrible. You give it to your friends. They're like, ugh. They'll never try to spend it again. Try it again. Oh, That's yes. what's more yes. happened. Is it's waned out where these mothers and sisters have like they had a horrible taste because some guy didn't know how to cook it. You know right. what I mean? And it's just it's it's because it not was all hard. about it was all about the tradition. It was yeah. all about the hey, we went out deer hunting and I killed a deer. I'm making jerky. And I but I think good. you need to go through those phases of, <laughs> of hunting in your hunting career. I think you you need to physically go through the different. It's like stages of our lives. Yep. You need to go through those stages where. Listen, you get into the killing stage, you get into the the camaraderie stage, and and now I'm at a point in my hunting career, and like I said, I've been hunting as long as you guys, but when I sit in the woods, it's it's when that sunrise comes up, and I'm sitting there, and... and, and Therapeutic. It, it is, man. Right? You know what? Because that's where I'm at. I'm not thinking about work. I'm not even thinking about a deer coming in. I'm thinking about, man, look how lucky I am. I have it in. a couple of days, I'll be sitting in my tree stand, and I'll be sitting there, and I'll be like, you know what? I'm truly blessed, man. Yep. You know, whatever you believe in, and, and we won't go into any of that, but... I wrote an article way blessed. back and went into Bowhunters Magazine. It was just about... Was that a, back in, like, the 40s? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, back in 43, actually, now I just mentioned it. Rock but on. the whole article wasn't about killing. It was about... And I said, as you... You know, you sit in a tree stand, it's like the curtains came up on a new show. You're seeing squirrels. You're seeing... Some of my best days, I didn't even see a deer. I saw red-tailed hawks flying around. And you're right. You got to get to different levels. Not about killing, but you got to get one to appreciate once you do get it. Definitely. Well, yes. here's a, get to get back on uh, yep, cooking sure. and uh, and and deer since you know deer season's coming up here uh, this Saturday. Um, when we're at camp, and whether it be rifle season or archery season, uh, if we harvest an animal, a deer, um, we go back to camp and we take the preacher's meat out, or some yeah. people call it the butcher's take, or some people call it the um, a fish. Yep. On the inside of the rib cage. Yep. Muscles never used. It's tender. That is the best piece of meat. We wash it off, tear it out, wash it off a little bit of water, and throw it right on the grill, and we all have a piece of it. Yep. Uh, and that's <laughs> some of the best tasting deer meat I ever have had is that in my the, entire life. The, right be, out of the I'm the noob. So you call, call me noob, Brad, please. <laughs> noob. Yeah, thank you. That's the preacher meat, right? 
Well, I so always there's thought always this things. distinction. I always thought the preacher meat was the loins, but I think you're right because it's the inside of the cavity. It's a muscle that never gets used. Yeah. And it's very tender. Oh, preachers, it's, it's fresh fish. meat. Heard, you know, fish. preachers meat supposed to give it to the pre- you know, or the butchers take yep. the butcher takes that. You never get. We it. come back. My yeah. uncle he'll actually cook the tongue. It'll okay. take the heart. And if you ever have a deer tongue, it's just like a Whoa. cow tongue. Uh, I know you're thinking about it. No, man. I've had cow tongue, Never man. Had. Listen, I grew up in Eastern PA. The with all the, 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 the Amish is the yeah. texture, man. That stuff is nasty. Well, yeah, the thing like, is, though, you got to cook it a long time. But the heart, that's tradition. You bring the heart back. You slice it, bread it, and fry it. But it's Pierre, also good fresh. Pierre, you have to, when Pierre, you, you tear apart them. Here at Mike's had all kinds of tongue. When you tear apart a, uh, <laughs> oh, man, listen. When you tear apart a deer heart, or you cut up a deer heart, do you have to take the fatty deposits out of it or like the is there a lot of gristle in there you have to, have to clean out no what you do is you want to cut it off and there's a there's a layer of skin that protects it you want to pull it off and put it in salt water it's just kind of like the layer of skin on the back straps yep. uh, oh you mean you're talking the heart or the back strip i'm talking the heart but is that yes. layer of skin like the skin on the back just, just like get... a skin that covers the heart and you okay. can actually pull it off when you got it yeah okay you pull that off and then you want to cut off the vessels that's a little chewy whoa, you, got, whoa, whoa. you got the deer open you got the deer open you pull the heart out well you take a, a bite out of the raw heart that's that makes you, you a man. Know. That's when you're a man. Hold on. You guys I got to if, if I you do it right. If you do it right, you only got a heart in three pieces because you hit it, right? I'm just Who's saying. Gay? Oh, bro. <laughs> that was a high five. <laughs> <laughs> no, hold up. I do. I got to go here, man. Listen. Dude, that was a great. I have never great eaten deer heart. Now, I, w- I eat beef liver. Yep. I love liver. Love liver and onions. Heart's good. You'll like I've it. I've never eaten heart. So, that that that's listen. When I got a deer, man, that's one of them things that stays on the pile. I'm just saying. No, my liver yeah, stays in the pile for me. Just as past muscle liver, liver stays in the pile for me. The liver I don't think they want you to eat it now with all the uh, the diseases going I'm on. Get, I'm gonna get a little bit sentimental here. Oh, boy. So, okay, ready Okay, I've spent a good chunk of my life at deer camps, at fishing camps, doing all that stuff. In my mind, what sticks out to me, other than when I harvested an animal, is the 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 meals that are served from what you harvested when you're at camp. So, I had in all my years, thirty plus years of being at deer camp, my my most pungent memory that sticks with me the most is from three years ago and it was a breakfast that was served it was a mess with venison and it was uh it was fantastic and it's one of those things where you take a look at what 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 kind of stuff is emphasized what what's emphasized for you during your time at deer camp it's being with everybody the socialization the going out the, the harvesting the animal the the group adulation the the the, the, the group love the bondingness the, the bonding what happens when somebody shoots a deer when you shoot a deer it's it's just an amazing thing the, the adulation everybody congratulating you but I'm telling you what the preparation and the the, the taste and, and right. what you get when you eat that deer after you harvest it is is an amazing thing amazing and that's the thing with a deer too it's how you harvest it how you clean it like we talked about you guys butchering here you know let it hang i mean to cut it real quick you want it to break down a little bit before you actually get that full flavor so there's a whole process that's what we want to bring across but could you imagine if we could bring that fantastic paste uh tasting meal and let everyone bring it at their home Granted, they won't have the extra bonding of the camp and everything, but the flavor. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It's, it's, it can taste delicious, but people just don't see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. just it. 
And, that, and that's crazy because I grew up in a family that we didn't eat any game meat. Right. That we didn't hunt. There was no hunting. There was none of that. And honestly, my first my first taste of what deer camp and deer that the commodity right. was actually happened to me last year with PA Brad. I never grew up, like I said, in the hunting thing. Last year, Brad asked me to go out flintlock hunting with him oh, for a nice. day. Smoke. I, I, I spent a day with Brad and a whole bunch of other guys that I've never met before, and they all made me feel like family. And we, you know, we yep. laughed, we drank a couple beers, you know, afterwards, and nobody shot anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, a guy, I think a guy <laughs> shot a doe. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Have, but to be invited into that without experiencing that, you know, when I sit here and hear that, I'm kind of like, in, in my hunting career, I, I spend a lot of time in the woods, and I do I do a lot right. with hunting. But that's one aspect that I've missed out on. But the cool part is, is there's still people out there doing it. So people that, you know, like me, who might have never experienced that. Are getting involved with it. Meet some friends, oh, get yeah. hook up with some people. And you know what? People are willing to invite you into. And I think that's one of the big things about us is, you know, we are dedicated to strengthening the tradition of, of keeping this alive. And, you know, I'm 42 years old and I'm just now getting to experience it. And, right. and, and it's awesome because I'm meeting so many different people in my hunting career Oh, yeah. and, you know, and it is a career because we put a lot of time and energy and the majority, money into it. I'd say 90% are a welcoming community. Oh, they yeah. welcome oh, you. Definitely. Oh, 10% yeah. want to close off. They want to, but you know what? It's like if you're out hunting with a group, if you don't get one but someone else, if you can share it with oh, them. It's oh, awesome, man. It's been out by myself and it, I shot a deer and I was happy. I'm like, wow, I wish my friends are here. You know, Brad missed out. like, I think three deer that day. Three. I, mean, I missed. I missed two, and it was I shot like three times. But I'll I mean, tell we you had what, deer running the, everywhere. That was an amazing day. It is the stories and just the the camaraderie. And I've never hunted with these guys before, and it was like everybody was just welcoming. We and, do the same thing at our camp. The last day of the season, we get together and uh, we muzzleloader hunt, and we get like twenty, twenty some. We possum hats. I had a possum hat made from a, my nephew. Nice. Caught three possums. My big cranium head. We got a hat made out of it. It is big. Just so everybody up. knows, it's a big cranium. Holds all that brains in. <laughs> it's a lot of brain. it's a but uh, lot of brain. it's amazing. It's not about the hunt. The, it's the hunt, man. Great. It's getting together. It is and enjoying it. And and the, and those are the lessons that you do not. And that's where you know tying right. this all in, sitting down and talking with that. Hey, I was out with the guys today, and this is what happened. Sharing right. it with you because you know when you come home and you're in a bad mood, everybody's going to sit at the dinner table and kind of be like, oh. You know what I mean? Right. But when you come home and you're having stories and everybody's interacting, oh, really? That and laughing and jovial. That's that interaction. That when you when you hit the heart of what it truly is, that's where it's at, man. You know what's hearing your story? I'm realizing how blessed I was to be grown up in an outdoor family. Oh, you yeah. know what? I took it for oh, granted. Yeah. You know, everyone. I figured everyone hunted with their family, went out and fished. We we have a gigantic trout party every year. We get together. You know, we used to go out rabbit hunting and, and pheasant, and uh, it's. We're losing the trade, and it's up there all of us yep. to bring our kids up and show oh, them yeah. it's oh, yeah. about the outdoors. It's not about killing. It's about the outdoors. But like you said, whenever you're sitting, you know, any day I take the stand, um, any day I have that opportunity to go out there and hunt, um, it's a successful day for me. Exactly. Um, but to see, to hear, um, I don't even care if they're hunting with you, but, you know, maybe Pierre Rob's hunting, you know, a couple miles away from me. And he texts me, hey, I got a buck down, or hey, I got a doe down. You get down, excited for him. I get super excited. I'm like, heck yeah, today was worth it, you know? Yep. Um, the thing that drives me the most is when a young kid gets one, or oh, their yeah. first one. Oh, yeah. I don't exactly. even care if it's their first one, but the first one is unbelievable. You know, it happens a lot in rifle season with with us on our on our ground. Before we and go as to break, as I, I get tell... it, as soon as I get that radio call, hey, Devin shot story, one. Before first we go to one. break, my nephew... Uh, my actually my cousin's kid <clears throat> shot his first doe out of a blind. He got back to camp and he goes, I shot him, but I think I hit him far back. And my uncle Mike's like, okay, sit down and explain. T 
tell me what happened. He goes, deer came, I shot, it ran past, had an arrow in its ass. He goes, okay, you hit a bat. <laughs> so we, okay, uh, he, hit a bat. All we right. went out thinking we're going to go for a long track. We let it sit for four or five hours. We go out, and he caught that art. It went 20 yards. Yeah, and nice. that he was, his first deer, we were more excited for him than any deer I've ever got. Oh, yeah. And that's what it's oh, about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to get kids involved again. I think I hit it far Teach back. Teach them to cook. Funny. That's funny. <laughs> I think I hit it far back. The ran past, had an arrow in its ass. I was talking to – I might have had one or two um, when we were talking with Bill. Um, after you guys left, I was sitting there talking to him and we were talking about that. We were talking about the whole, you know, the, the cause he was telling me about his son. Yep. Um, his son's autistic. He's autistic. And yep. I had the opportunity to hunt with an autistic kid and his father. And I'll tell you what, I was, I was the, the skeptic. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, I'm sitting in my stand quarter mile away. You know, we all have phones. We're texting each other. And I got the text that he had shot a six point buck. Okay. Oh. And I'm going to tell you what, no lie, I was, I had tears coming out of my eyes. And I, and just the moment, oh, yeah. that spiritual piece of, yep, yep. I, I can't even explain it. it. It's, it's, it's too much to explain, you know, in words, but just the, the craziness of that happening was amazing. So definitely, definitely, you know, look at, I, I wrote a thing on my Facebook page the other day just because I was sitting somewhere and the thought came over me about, you know, why are we out here hunting? Like what, what? What are we truly doing? And don't take it for granted, because you know what? We There's don't realize ways we wouldn't be hunting right now. Well, and, and yeah, you know, we sit in our stand, and you know, we all love that. You know, first morning, you you know, the leaves, the smells, the sounds, the sights, or the excitement. <laughs> Listen, I, I last year I had Brad texting That's me about squirrel. yeah, <laughs> big, a very big one. <laughs> the day Brad, the day you harvested your buck. I remember you texted me maybe a half hour before that, and you had a doe come in, and you were you you and I were texting back and forth, and we might have been three miles apart. Yep. And you know, Brad texted me back, and he's like, "I shot a buck," and I'm like, "You know, it's like we, it, it just listen, it, it, it's it's not about me killing, it's yeah. about you know what I got to celebrate that moment because that was awesome. But then in the same sense, I got to be grateful because you know I'm sitting in a tree stand. Yep. There's so many other things that could be happening in life that, that we take for granted. And you know what? We need to really look at where we're at, what we're doing, why we're doing it. And, and make and, sure we do it right. And make oh, yeah. sure we do yeah. it right, man. Don't, don't be one of these. One bad hunter can ruin it for 100. Every, Listen, you know, that whole every, brown it's down thing needs to, yeah. needs to die off, yeah, man. All right, every, so. every, every situation is unique. Every yeah. scenario is unique. Every time it happens, it's unique. Every DR harvested has been unique. I'm it's, a, it's it's it's. Did you sneak up on it? You sneaked up on it. You sneaked up. Really <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very simple. Oh, anyway, so I'm going to cut everybody off here. We're coming up on our break. Uh, we're going to be back with more of Game On. Game On wait, with wait, Sean wait. Bailey. Real quick, uh, real quick, real quick. Game On. If I want to find out about Game On, where do I go? Right now, we're on YouTube. You can wonder uh, Game On cooking Sean Bailey. If you see a big guy with a big head, that's me. Uh, we have a web page here with all our videos. We're on okay. Facebook. Game on, two words. Uh, Sean Bailey or Game on Cooking. And uh, always in Pinterest, too, as well. All right. Okay. We'll be back with more Game on, uh, more talk about the tradition, um, archery season coming up, uh, what to do, not to do. Um, and Mike will have some stories for you, I'm sure. So uh, <laughs> we'll be back. We will be back. Thanks for tuning in to PA Reports Hunting, Fishing, and Outdoors.
We're back here at Airports Hunting, Fishing, and Outdoors. Here with Game On, John Bailey. Game On. Peter at Rob, Peter at Mike. Yo, yo. Our Game On. Here. Game On. Um, gonna get back into talking about Game On. What it means, what he's here for, what he's here for you for. And uh, touch base on that. But here's the deal. Here's what I'm going to start off with. I got a couple. Have you cooked? Okay, here we go. This is a great <laughs> have segment. You, have you cooked? You'll ask me, have has you I cooked? cooked? And I'll say, has I not or has I not? <laughs> have you the cooked? Game, the game show section of our podcast. What are the have prizes? Co- Let's play. Have you cooked? Have, have you, you cooked? Have you right. cooked? Possum. No, but they do eat it down south. And I think it's the same thing when I talk about black bear. It's what the possum eats. I would never try to eat a Pennsylvania possum. Dude, they're nasty. Yeah. Dude, they're na- just nasty. I heard that they eat them no one's going to eat them. So. Okay. Uh, next one, beaver. Beaver. I have eaten beaver, the four-legged <laughs> kind. And uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. my <laughs> uncle went hunting. You can't ask that question, man. Out there. I used to before I was married. But um, no, actually. Uh, <laughs> have you ever cooked and not eaten? You, you know, see, actually, you my see. uncle cooked beaver tail at our last party at Papunxi last year. He smoked it because apparently trappers and outdoorsmen thrive on fat. And let me tell you, it was disgusting. I advise no eating. Gross. I'm yeah. from the city, and I like thick. Rabbit tail. Yeah, Good I'm sorry, uh, beaver tail. It's just, ugh. I think it would be better if it was smoked like a fat back. It would absorb all that apple smoke flavor, but it wasn't good. But the beaver meat itself is really good. It's a very sweet meat. And it's uh, it's delicious. It's really long, long story short, eat the beaver. What's next? What's next? <laughs> eat the beaver. Eat the beaver. What's next? Um, eat don't the say beaver. Now I know people who eat groundhog. Yes, groundhog's good as well. I heard Think groundhog about what they is great. Eat. Groundhog muskrat eats greens, vegetables, <laughs> and vegetation. Everything that eats greens is going to taste good. Carnivore is not so much, but uh, groundhog is good though. I'm How do you cook? How do you cook groundhog? Um, every, What's the best uh, way to do it. Uh, I would have to say parch it in water, boil it for a little bit, yeah. take it out and bread it and fry it in a cast iron pan. And just uh, taste like the same way with the rabbit. Okay, okay. That's the best way I had it. I'm okay. sure there's other ways to do it. Yeah. Um, now, you know, a lot of people eat, uh, have eaten cooked squirrel. Um, yeah, but what's your favorite way of doing squirrel? Probably like, I go back to my Uncle Mike. We call him the captain. And uh, when he cooks squirrels, his kids come home from college because he's cooking it. It's a longer process. It's not prepped a plate in 30 minutes. It's basically the same process. You got to boil them for like two hours and make them tender in salt water. Then you want to take them out. I think his secret is he deep fries them in butter. So I'm not saying it's healthy, but it is delicious. Who needs I'm more curious. Anything deep fried in butter. I'm more curious why why you call him the captain. Uh, The captain, because he's a coal miner and uh, he was the captain of his crew and saved a lot of guys' lives and had a lot of respect from him. And uh, he's retired and he's always the captain at the camp. And everyone knows him in Punxsutawney. He's the captain. You're in Punxsutawney, say, Where's the captain? They're going to know it's Uncle Mike Scarbeck. Tradition. Cool. Have a lot of respect for coal miners. Uh, Coyote. No, carnivore again. Everybody's like, Don't kill it if you're not going to eat it. I'll kill a coyote. I'm not eating it. Correct. Um, I'm thinking the same way. I wouldn't kill someone going to eat it, but I'm not saying not kill coyote. I'd probably think about shooting it only because you're protecting what the coyote is eating. It's eating the fawns. It's taking down the deer population. Yep. It is a carnivore. And they're overpopulating. If you see one, you're not seeing 100 other ones. They're Sharpay. like old folks. Sharpay. 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 Now, uh, how about I have a blind the view. new <laughs> species in Pennsylvania? Right. The new? fisher. Do you know what? My the fisher cat. My nephew, <laughs> my nephew, my nephew, my nephew caught a fisher this year. He had he applied for a tag, mm-hmm. and it's only a three day season. He caught one, 
and it is a vicious looking. It looks, yeah. I don't know how to explain. I don't know about eating them, but man, they are one. Well, giant they were, in case people don't know, they were stocked in Pennsylvania to take care of the pine or the uh, porcupine, porcupine population. That's the only thing to eat them. And, uh, the pine porky. Yeah, and I think I saw one in Philly before. I didn't know. I thought well, it was a ghost one. came through, but I never <laughs> no, that, one. Listen, depending on what part of Philly you're in, because I'm from yeah. that part of the state, <laughs> yes. that was a rat, dude. No, <laughs> that was a true. straight rat. Uh, oh, wait, yeah, wait, I've, yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've seen a lot of fishers on our on our property trail camera and, and visually. But, uh, hey, as far as I know, the only carnivore I think you can eat is a bobcat. Bobcat? Bobcat's you can eat that? Oh, wait, I'm sorry, a lynx. Oh, okay. Now. Listen, I, I have to ask something because this is like uh, this is on topic. I, this is on yes. topic. This right. goes with the the pine porky. Um, is it true that porky pine is the only meat you can eat without having to cook? Wild meat, sushi. Because that no, that's one of those survival things. Wild that, sushi. You like wild, no, wild. No, listen. You know no, I don't people, think so. Because you people know what? It's will a say bacteria this. It makes meat unhealthy. I mean, you don't want to eat a pig because there's all kinds of. Uh, other things they, involved? They say it's a survival thing, and I, and I I hear hunters talking about this. It's like the the lore of Pennsylvania, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard this, that they will say, I was at a, a show not that long ago, and guys were like, you know, porcupine's the only animal that you can shoot and eat, and you don't have to cook. Hmm. Uh, you know what? It's, it's a very clean animal. I wouldn't doubt that for a second. Okay. That's and, interesting. Uh, it's, it's definitely a herbivore, so it's not actually out there eating bad stuff. Oh, right? definitely Most true. Pine salt trees. and pepper. Yeah, I wouldn't. Some, some I've never had something. some kind of garnish. <laughs> I never had sushi made from a porcupine. There you go. Here, here. Sure. Here, throw, throw one out. Yeah, carp. You guys have anything? Carp. carp. I have not, carp. but I did learn the secret to cooking carp. Let them. No. Go ahead. Let them take swim them out. in fresh water, right? Uh, ice water. Ice water. You can okay. take them out of the water. Let them swim in fresh water. You, you don't kill you're them. Catching, as though you're catching all these carp in salt water. Well, a bucket of fresh water. Right. Swim in fresh water. <laughs> what you do is you take it out and you put it in a cooler of ice. And you let it swim around. What's going to happen is all that blood draws back in that black strip on its side, right. which is the blood vein on the side. And once you kill it, the blood's already in. So all that people thought they taste like dirt because they live in the dirt, eat dirt. It's not that at all. It's the blood and the chemical was inside it. Hmm. So when it thinks it's hibernating, all that blood sucks into that black section. You cut that out, and I suppose there's some beautiful fish. There's we a lot of meat there. We may have yeah. to do a little. I do a experiment. I, I do a little bow fishing for carp. So we might do a little. Well, we got to have them alive. You gotta have them alive so that blood sucks back in that blood. Just shoot them with a hunger monger, they're not gonna survive. That's a good point. So anyway, right. be cutting them what about bass? <laughs> bass, you know what? People don't eat bass because they do a lot of tournaments, but it's delicious. Bass is good. I love bass. Bass, bass is, is absolutely good. delicious. Bass is very good. Depends on what time of year. Sometimes yeah. they get worms in the spring, like in Canada, they have them. Okay. Uh, but they're a very delicious striped bass. It tastes very similar to that. But if everyone would eat them, we'd have none out there. You know, it's the problem. And then I couldn't go out tournament fish and catch yeah. them. Yeah. Which, so, by yeah. the way, I did finish sixth out of 38th this past Sunday. So, Brad. Congratulations. Great. Over 13 pounds. I'm just saying I got to brag once in my career. Congratulations. Moving on with Sean. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Wait, wait. Um, let, me, let me interject. Real quick. Story of relevance. So. Oh, Brad has the look right now. Brad has the look. He's, He's like, I'm topic. trying to Dude, stay on no, topic. This is on topic. This is on topic. Okay. This is on topic. You were fishing. I've fished for a long time in my life. I've eaten a lot of different species of fish. I've caught a lot of fish and had them cooked and ate them the same day that I caught them. Bass, trout, catfish, carp, sunfish, walleye, perch, perch, pike. My favorite, my personal favorite in all the years that I've been fishing are bluegill and sunfish. Yes, big bluegills, you can't beat them. You're not the first person that told me that. 
were delicious. panfish. Any panfish. Delicious. What's your what's what's your favorite fish to to cook? I, have, as far as like Pennsylvania, I'm gonna say the most delicious uh, is the walleye. Really, the walleye. Yeah, yeah. You can do That's... so much with. I make an appetizer out of walleye. I'll cut little one inch strips, boil it for three minutes, put it on ice, and then you put it with a cocktail mm. sauce. You eat like shrimp. Oh wow! And it is out of this world. Hmm. It's how, about about, how about deep fried? How about deep fried? Deep fried anything. And walleye is such a good fish. I wouldn't insult it. Not nothing against it. But I, there's so many more things you do with walleye. There's the broiling, the grilling. Uh, deep frying's great, but you, it's a very respectful fish, and there's a lot we can do with it. Good how about, deal. How about the cheeks? Walleye cheeks. Ever heard about cooking walleye cheeks? No, is that right by the butt? <laughs> There's not much meat back there, I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> you better have a sharp knife to fillet that. Listen, no, that, that was good. <laughs> no, you're not going to do it. No, I've heard, I've heard on numerous occasions, I've never had it. Never had it. People that cut off the cheek of the walleye, actually, beside the gill, there's a little piece of meat there that is supposed really? to be. Yeah, really good. Um, they do the flounder, too, I'm pretty sure. Flounder, whoa, wait, flounder. wait, wait. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to interject. I'm going to... Swizzle, swizzle stick, swizzle stick. Swizzle. It's a swizzle. Back in the day, his nickname was Flounder. Swizzle, P A Mike H. The swizzle. Oh, we're just throwing that out there. All He's right. my neighbor, the, the and I got shout out to him. You remember the Flounder? You remember the Flounder? He sits on his back porch, listens to your show every time it comes out. So, Mike, yeah. salute, brother! Congratulations, yes, new daughter, cheering. or the new daughter, new and your new yes. name is Swizzler, and Swizz- your wife will know why. Swizzler, Swizzler. Yeah, nice. I like his I like his real name, his legitimate name, yeah. Mike. I mean, it's just yeah, you know, there's so many of them around though. So hey, we're all great. back to back on topic here. Wow, Brad is Brad is all about being on right. topic. topic. Um, keep us straight. Brad man. doesn't feel good. This your, slogan, your, your, your slogan. Wait, 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 yep. wait, wait. Are we past the have you cooked segment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Hold on. We have we're past that. No, we have one more. Okay, go ahead. Have you cooked? Any birds of prey? No. But my cousin Christopher did feed the captain crow once. Told him it was a dove. (laughs) And that'll still go down as a really bad thing at our camp. Really? (laughs) He cooked crow. I don't advise it. Uh, Bird of prey, it's the same thing. It's what it eats. It's a carnivore. Yeah, it's a carnivore. And I don't know of any... I'm sure there is someone if you're starving. You're like eating a turkey buzzard. Nasty. Exactly. Nobody beats with a captain. Nobody beeps. With the no, not the captain. Um, so anyway, your title, your slogan is Fur, Fin, Feather, and Forage. Correct. Um, to explain that, I mean, I'm sure we yeah, talked about the, a little bit about that, but exactly. just explain the, it. The fur, like venison, all that, uh, fish. Um, would be fin, correct. Exactly. Okay. And feathers would be, you know, re- uh, pheasants, doves. There's always a cook. But forage is one people may not know about. Pennsylvania is filled with, uh, like, mushrooms, uh Berries, it's oh, foraging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ramps, ramps. My favorite. Exactly. My favorite. I, I've watched probably four episodes of Game On. My favorite Game On episode is Cat and Nine Tails. Cat Tails. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We, you can we eat did, those. We did a show of Cat and Nine Tails, yep. and uh, it's actually the center part, the the bottom root part. You pull it out and you cut it off. And it has when it's raw, it's sort of like a beet taste. But when you cook, it absorbs any flavor around it. In fact, you can also take the male portion off the top of the Cat and Nine Tails. Dust it off and make a like a Native American uh, pita bread. You oh, make wow. that out. There's a lot to eat. In fact, in World War II, they're going to send over the starch from the Caddy Nine Tails towards the end of the war to feed the soldiers uh, because there's more starch. 
per section than rice and everything else. It's high it's in starch and wow. carbohydrates. So does it? It, 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 what it sounds good. like it acts like almost. If you're saying it absorbs the flavor around it, so it acts like a medium. I'd say yes. So you could, you know, you could right. add that as a, you as can a check filler, exactly, or then, a side, a perfect side. Wow. I did it with uh, garlic and carrots out in the field. We did an episode on YouTube. You can go see that, and uh, it's it's really. We have a girl who does all our foraging ideas, and she's great. She got a book, Andre. Hello. But uh, I told her before, foraging is great, but just because we can eat it doesn't mean we have to. Right. So you'll see everything on my show. It's because it's good. I won't. I won't show you guys how to cook something that doesn't taste good. Did you ever do the chicken in the woods? Hen in the woods? Hen in the woods? Oh, yes. My uncle, Captain, he knows exactly. He keeps on his places really tight notched. Yeah. Uh, but you brought me some mushrooms last week. I was going to bring you some pheasants with the. Uh, the mushrooms sliced up. How does work out for you? All right, they're great. I didn't cook them yet. I was going to cook them for you guys, but oh, okay. it's going to, they're going to be cracked out this weekend again. <laughs> so sure. I guess we're taking a trip to Harrisburg. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, listen, even closer. Pierre Report is migrating. But what it is is the four things is as you can see is that's what we want to focus on. You know, wild game is is one portion, side dish is another, but. It's what Pennsylvania has to offer, the, the things that people don't think about. And that, you know what? We reach out. I don't know everything. You know, if you know people that can forage, you have ideas. You said you guys have a friend who well, knows we got how to find mushrooms. Yeah, we brother got, Roy. We got to hook him up. He's not a guy. What, he's Brother Roy. Brother and Roy. that's what I want to take this show is make the show of the Pennsylvania show. It's not mine. I just want to show you guys what I learned. I don't know everything. We actually have a program. We sent a DVD out to all the uh, sportsmen in Pennsylvania saying basically that, look, I need your help. Give me some ideas. You know, what's your special recipe? Any idea of how to hunt or uh, or foraging? Uh, there's all kinds of foraging you don't think about. Um, Roy, he makes big vats of cream of mushroom soup oh, with morels. I think, I think he's in. I think he's. I think we're gonna have a good relationship. <laughs> all right. Am, if Very I have good. a question that's on topic, can I ask it? No. Okay. Yes, I'm just so anyway, we're a couple days out from the first day. We're, <laughs> yep. We're a couple days out from the first day of archery season. Okay. There's a lot of a lot of preconceived notions everybody has their idea of how to what they need to do with their venison warm weather venison yes so as you you as a chef what are your thoughts or what do you what, what, do, what would you do say saturday morning you harvest the deer it's in the 60 degree temperature range you know guys like to hang it they do what for the best preparation of the meat and to get the most out of it, the taste, the flavor. It's got to start to salvage the most. The you you got to get the heat out of that meat as quickly as you can. So walk walk us through. A, a guy harvests a deer. What do we do? I would I would gut it, dress field it, get it out and skin it. So would you dress field or field dress it? Depends what it was wearing. Okay. <laughs> the new I thing would, to do. The new thing to do is dress field it. Exactly. Dress field it. I'm, I'm, I, I, field we're gonna coin it. that. We're gonna coin <laughs> that phrase. Dress field. It's all pretty. Uh, nice. I would get back. I would skin it. And I'd probably quarter it. And like you said before, last time here, is you know, put it in the fridge or put it on ice. You got to get that temperature out of that meat as quickly as possible to keep the taste and keep the flavor. And then you don't want to cut it up quick because if you cut it up quick, it's going to be really rubbery. You, you want to give the meat time to age. I mean, if you take it right off skin and start cutting it up, it's going to shrink. It's going to be really, the texture is going to be wrong. You really want to let it age. If you can do a week or even, you know, a couple of days at least until that bacteria starts breaking down the meat, it adds to the flavor. It also adds to the texture and how you know how moist it is. It's really well, here's good. here's a tip for you guys that um, uh, put your own deer at sixty degrees out. Um, you kind of in a bind. Your wife doesn't want you to put a deer in the fridge, right? Um, you know, you tell her to move out. <laughs> well, listen, uh, you just take a cooler, uh, layer the bottom with ice, 
uh, put a piece of cardboard on top of the ice. Lay your hind quarter on top of that cardboard. Put another piece of cardboard on top of that hind quarter. Lay your other hind quarter on top of that. Close the cord. Let it sit in there. It's gonna age up. It's gonna not gonna get. Uh, uh, it's not gonna get um, slimy, right? Uh, like it would if you were like soaking it or and plus or, or keeping whatever, it off you know? the direct ice. Yeah. What happens if you put your rate on ice? The outside's gonna freeze, and the inside doesn't have time to cool down. Yep. So that's gonna. So that layer. That's a very very important key ice there cardboard. Then put your hind quarter down. Put the other hind quarter on top. And do the same with the front shoulders, uh, rib cage, and back straps. You just want to debone them. Lay them out in your fridge. I always lay them out in my fridge on a rack on a piece of cardboard right. and let them kind of chill out. But um, when you debone your rib cage, basically it's all going to burger anyway. So you for know, me, that's the toughest it. decision in beginning archery season. You know, if it's a hot day, I'm like, man, I got to get it back, and that weighs the big part of me. You know, drop one early, yeah. though. An early deer has a better flavor because it's not full of adrenaline. It's not running around. It hasn't been chased. It hasn't been hunted. And if you want a, bed ta- a best tasting deer, you know, shoot them early and drop them quick. Ethically, dropping them is a very important to the taste as well. Well, and, and from a management standpoint, you don't want to if you're if you're going to go out and if your goal is to shoot a doe, I'm just going to throw this out there. You do not want to shoot your does while they're pregnant. You no. want to shoot your does before they breed. I yep. mean, if, if that's your goal to get some meat in the freezer, shoot them before they breed because you don't know what they could be producing. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's our next crop of deer. Now, about like with the whole harvesting thing, what's the best way to package your, your, your harvest? You know, when you get to, you get to the part where you're going to start processing, right. what's the best way to keep, be able to keep it for There's an amount of time? several things there. With me, I have a vacuum sealer, but they're expensive. Not everyone can afford a vacuum sealer. Well, but I have a vacuum. Does it seal? It sucks. Well, you got to use it on the bag, so. But anyways, um, <laughs> the best thing to do is layer. When you put it in your freezer, wrap it in saran wrap and put it in a Ziploc. You want to put different layers in there to keep that from uh, making direct contact to the ice. And also, you want to long term, you want to put them in a deep freeze, not in the refrigerator upstairs, because what happens? There's a de-icing turns on, heats up, cools down. That's what gets the frost on your meat and ruins it. But if you have layers of plastic, saran wrap, maybe in a Ziploc, I'll even double Ziploc mine, and I'll put them in deep freeze because it stays cold and it, st- it doesn't go up and down. It doesn't variate. So it doesn't make those ice crystals on the outside, and that's the best way to – you don't want to just wrap in a saran wrap and put it in and think it's clean because that's only a really thin layer. It's like when you go out and you're hunting, you want to stay warm, you layer it. Right. It's protected from the cold. Same thing in your freezer. If you layer it up, it's going to take a little extra time, but your meat will last. Same thing with trout. Same thing with anything you're putting in the freezer. In fact – Trout, if you freeze them in a block of ice, is the best way to take care of trout. Oh, wow. They've dug tr- trout out, or not trout, but fish out of glaciers that are almost as good as they when they went in. Oh, yeah. Now, if oh, you, yeah. it, 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 time frame, say I harvest a doe. Right. Um, it's just my wife and I. How long does the meat actually stay good? And it, food done sa- prop done properly. Food saver bags. Right. Yeah, food done properly. Awesome. Well, that's a double edged sword because the state of Pennsylvania, the game commission states that you must have all the venison eaten from the year prior, which I don't agree with because if you don't eat with it but they're not my friends. Hit that. Thank you. No friends of mine. <laughs> but if it's done right, I mean vacuum still bags I've never lasted long because I eat a lot years. of it. Right, right. But at that point, if it's over a year or anything, you're like, ah, I got a new deer, that's what you want to make your sausage out of. Yes. You know, don't make it out of the prime cuts of your fruit. Make that and make your sausage and your jerky because that's how you make them. They use that process when the meat didn't taste as good and didn't have the texture. You, you smoke it or you mix it with a bunch of spices. So that's a great way to use it at the end of the year. 
Awesome. Don't use your prime cut. This awesome. guy I know, uh, he gets, you know, product made. He gets bologna back. He cuts it up into chunks, wraps it in saran wrap, aluminum foil, puts it in his freezer. I say foil, yep. Um, he said, I mean, and I've tasted it and it's good. Um, but he says it can last for a year in there. And he takes that foil out, saran wrap. If off, not longer. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. I believe longer. Longer. I think the tin foil actually also regulates the temperature as well because it doesn't heat up. It stays us more steady. And my uncle uh, wraps his in tin foil as well. Is that the, the captain? captain? <laughs> the captain. Nice. When he cuts a pig up, he he butchers his own uh, fierrat fresh pork. Oh man, it's it's better than any steak. But he does that. And it's a long. He tried a vacuum sealer and he says this is bull crap. And he went back to the saran wrap, tin foil, and baggie, and it works. It really does. Now, what about canned deer meat? I listen. This is this is crazy. I've never had canned deer meat. I well, you met my friend Bill. Yeah. He cans deer every year, and I'm not a big canner. And, it, and you look at it, you're like, oh. Well, it looks kind of nasty. It's, it's good. It lasts for years. It does. People are like, oh, you're get that off your shelf. Nope. I've eaten them. I've no. eaten it at, at hunting camp. The lid was rusty. Yep. We popped it. You know, of course, we had a few beers. <laughs> but we popped the lid, and it still was sealed. I think you told out, me the secret we, last time as you store it upside down. So the fat will actually go on the top. And, and, I didn't. And crystal. I, mean, I heard. I that. don't do that, so I didn't tell you that. But yeah, if you flip uh, it upside down, the fat work. is what gives you that. The, the deer fat. Mm-hmm. You, that's yeah. a visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but it'll actually go to the top, and as it hardens, you know, in the fat, and then you pour out the meat, the fat will stay in a jar. And that's what's that bad. That's fat is what changes the flavor of venison over the freezer time. The fat goes bad. Mm-hmm. See, and that's what I do with like goose and duck. I always cook them on their backs. To get the, the all that stuff to get away from the breast meat, right? Because that's pretty much all I eat on them. But the the fat actually does make a difference in how things taste. Yes, good fat and bad fat. Good also, fat. people will mix fat in with their venison. Good fat. I recommend, unless you you can always do it later on, mixing fat later on. Get your fresh ground, freeze it. And if you want to make uh, sausages, uh, sausage, 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 would you make them? <laughs> you take it out later. No, Just field um, that deer. You make can always. Sausage. Get pork, grind some pork up, and then yeah. mix it in with later on because that fat is what goes bad in it. And you don't know how long that fat because they may have got it from a you know a, a cow that's been dead. So and that's, fat will mess that's with my, it. One of my questions will be: I know I don't. I mean, I know you guys probably do. You guys get burger made. I get, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. don't. I don't eat burger because right. anytime I've ever had deer burger, it wasn't anything I had made. It was people like, hey, try this, and it was kind of like, dude, this sucks. What do you mix with burger? To, I have to get uh, burger made pork. Pork or or, or uh, pig fat. fat, pig fat, and they do that because venison by nature has no fat in it. Yep. That's why people overcook it. If you're going to cook a steak, medium to medium rare is where you want it. Mm. Otherwise, it'll dry out because there's no fat. Lean you pick idea. a ribeye, risen that is so tender, is it's so fat. There's all this it's fat all marble, right? And there's no fat in venison. Might be a little higher in cholesterol, but not bad. But there's no fat. That's why it's a healthy healthy meat. It's the cholesterol people got to worry about. These are the things that now this is on your show. These are the things you're actually teaching people also. Well, we're going to the networks and we're thinking the networks are, they want fast paced. They want to show you this, that, this, that, and not really show you how to cook. So we might take another avenue where we want people to leave our show to actually can do this and make this meal on their own. So yeah, this, and we're teaching all these things. It's, you know, Pennsylvania has so much to offer and, uh, we just want to get it across. It's a niche that we think people could use. Is, is, is farm, farm raised, game becoming a trend as far as it like is farm raised bison elk I, I love bison but like the farm raised well, if, you take a look, if you take a look at if you take a look at gmos monsanto, what's that hold on monsanto, i don't even know monsanto, what gmo is monsanto the, the, the big uh, chemical corporation that 
develop Agent Orange and all kinds of chemical warfare and stuff. Uh, also creates, uh, I guess, this germination. Uh, you grow your crops in a quicker methods or Monsanto more. atmosphere where all the chemicals that are sprayed in those crops get rid of bugs to help growth, to help the soil. Uh, they have a lot of different things that go into that process. So the big thing right now is uh, cancer and sickness and all this stuff that's happening based on the, the theoretical aspect of what you're eating is slowly killing you. Have so, you guys heard of bone brothing? No. Bone brothing. You think about this when you have your deer in it. It's actually a healing process. You know, back in the days, you got a cold and you make some chicken noodle soup. That's because a chicken was organic. And what you do is you boil the bone down and all the healthiness from those bones get in that. And there's a guy who uh, plays, uh, I know him. He mentioned all the healing properties. You, you have to cook it for like a day, 24 hours straight, very low. But as long as it's organic and you know, no chemicals. Did you ever boil down a turkey yeah. after the season? You got, and it wasn't organic, but there's that black stuff that floats up. That's all the chemicals. So organic is where you want to have it organic, but it has all kinds of healing processes. And that's why in the old school, we'll make a chicken noodle soup. That's because it did heal you. Not oh, yeah. now. <laughs> no. no, no. Oh, can I answer one more thing before we go on? Yeah. I got you mentioned about deer farms. Yes. You got to be careful because when there's a profit, people tend to make a bigger profit. And that's where the cows start getting all the, you know, the steroids oh, yeah. making yeah. bigger and better. Yeah, so right. Right. all depends on who's in it for the right reason. That's, that, that's yes. true. Now we're talking like that, the whole health aspect. Um, here in our part of the state, we're in a big CWD area. Correct. According to the Game Commission, um, <laughs> all the tags are given out. Yes, I got my tags, Brad. I didn't text you back. I'm sorry. So could you text me next time? I will. Any concern through preparation of meat? Is there anything you need to look out for disease-wise? I mean, because that, that, no. that don't eat the people... liver, don't eat anything with the spine, don't eat the brain, and you're okay. Okay. I mean, that's yep. that, that. That is a concern because you know the average, and, and I'm not. I don't want to – there's going to be a lot of people who probably get pissed off at me on this one. But the average hunter here is CWD. They really don't know what it's about. They don't read anything into it. They don't see how the disease or the is dangers. transmitted. Well, the or game the commission dangers. doesn't know what it's about. And, and oh. you know – Whoa, don't you talk about the game commission like that. Sorry, they don't. That's a question because you tongue. have people who don't eat game yes. meat, but they know what C- – they've heard of CWD. Right. So it's that be would a- keep them from eating – Potentially, oh well, these these deer have disease now. Right, that's what the press is putting on. That's all they're yeah. listing and all that. Uh, but like you said, with with even with the deer farms, every time they butcher a deer, they have to send that brain and spinal to get tested to yeah. the. I guess yeah. they send yeah. to Penn State. Mm-hmm. Everyone yes. they sell has got to be tested because I think the disease is spread because where the animal goes to the bathroom, they're also eating, and that's how the disease gets spread throughout. So that's why if you throw corn out, they're asking you not to do that unless yep. you put it in a pile. Yep. Because they'll go to the bathroom where you they're can't eating. Can't put corn out. You know what they say? So don't legal. sugar eat. It'll make your brain go crazy. Well, my brain's already crazy. <laughs> but uh, the, you said about the spine and the yep. brain. When you cut your back straps out, it's right against the spine. It's not in the spinal column. It's, yeah. it's the fluid in the spine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So just be careful not to nick that spine. Yeah. yeah. You have yeah. a really sharp knife if you do that. So we got. We got. Listen, we got, I don't even we got, use it. We got. We got less than three minutes left right. in the podcast. Um, oh, this is great, man! This went fast. Pierre, I might. You had a question. Always does. I'm not coming right behind you. No, I'm just saying, uh, with the whole with the whole backstrap thing, like a couple little, two or three little slices, man, that thing comes out right with your fingers. I mean, yes. it just it just pops right out. Oh, there's there's no cutting. It just pop 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 pop. It's nice. Um, so, so so jump on the bandwagon. Two minutes. Two minutes. Okay, and counting. 
You have two minutes to reveal to the listening audience what is your uh, favorite deer jerky recipe. Deer jerky? Oh. Deer jerky? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm a garlic man. Garlic. I love garlic, but I don't think garlic. it's a spice as much as the wood you smoke it with. Uh, I, I agree with that. I, I like I mixing a fruit with a hardwood. Like I really like apple smoke, but I'll throw some hickory in there. And uh, if you get some mesquite, peach is really good. What Cherry about locust? Will make it red. What's that? What about locust? That's a hardwood. Know. We've actually smoked with grapevines before, which gives a great flavor. Ooh. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna donate my entire deer to Game One. I'll cook. We will experiment. Grapevine. Brad, PA Rupp, Brad and PA Rupp Mike will, will partake in the taste testing of that. We will be the judges. <laughs> you agree, Brad? Depends. It depends. Right. We'll hook it up right here. Yeah. When, hey. I, get, when I get back my uh, grapevine smoke deer jerky. There's right. no depends. This is family, dude. I we might share. eat it at all. I might eat it no, all. No, you won't. One sitting. I might. But hey. if you're going to do, do a dehydrator, the... The best one I ever had was the Highland Trails, the stuff you can get like at the grocery store. Yeah. Believe it or not, man, that's delicious. It has a, it probably has chemical wood flavor in it, but man, yeah. it, it's really the closest you're going to get. But one thing I like to say is the game on, you know, with wild game and everything, it's organic as you're going to get. So, um, okay. we just got to keep on. Keep it on getting on. Let me show you how to cook it. Yeah. That's why I want to do it. All right. What about then? So I want you to give a couple of plugs out for yourself. I want you to get your YouTube channel, your Facebook page, and your your email address in case anyone wants to contact you. You have have a website. Uh, We're building a website now. Right now, we're only on YouTube. Okay. Search Game On, two words, Sean Bailey, S-H-A-W-N. You'll see and and subscribe to us because we don't get credit and people don't see it unless they subscribe or view it. And that helps us. You know, people show an interest. We're also on Facebook, Game On, Sean Bailey, Cooking Sean Bailey. You can find me there. And Pinterest. All our recipes are there. But we also just opened a new channel on YouTube, which has all our videos, all our recipes right there in one page. You can pick it up. But we also have, I'm reaching out there. If any of you guys have any unique ideas or foraging or cooking or something, could you give the email there, if you don't mind? I would, yep. I would could email us, because you know what? We're not, we're doing this as a Pennsylvanian, and we need everyone's help. Yep. I'm only getting better as Join you guys are. So, so he's asking for your help, Pennsylvanians. Any recipe Join you in. may have, you can email Sean B S H A W N B at DeerTrackProductions.com. That's Sean B at DeerTrackProductions.com. And you can. Uh, I, we'll link. I think we should each link our personal pace, Facebook pages and PA Report. We'll oh, yeah, put a yeah. link up for we, you too. Yeah. Uh, we'll go with that. There'll up. be promo there. Hey, before um, before we get any further, though, listen. Saturday, first day of archery season for the rest of us in PA. For those that haven't gotten to hunt yet, uh, PA Rep Mike just saying, listen, wear your harness, be safe, yeah. um, shoot straight, be ethical. Good luck. Good luck, man. And listen, and enjoy send it. those send those pictures oh, yeah. in, man. Oh, yeah. And if you don't see a deer, think about the things that you did get to enjoy that day. Honestly. Be thankful, be thankful to be out there. Wear your safety harness. Strap in. The only thing I didn't enjoy hunting is when I fell out of a tree. Dude, that sucks. I only fell eight feet, man. I don't bounce anymore. Broke my rib. <laughs> broke my kneecap. It was bad. So Ooh, strap that's in. Bad. That's bad. So check out. Check out. Uh, a special thanks to Sean Bailey from Game On. Definitely uh, good dude. Check him out. Good. He'll be back. He'll be back with us midseason to talk more about what we're talking about tonight. Um, check out Game On, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, on the web here soon. Uh, as always, check us out, parutreport.com. Uh, sign up for your uh, rut report. And uh, Hunga Dash Manga, the broadhead of the future. Back to the Future 3.
So thanks for tuning in. Uh, episode 13. And um, yeah, check us out. Episode 14 coming up soon. Shoot straight. Shoot straight. And Brad, I think you should do the closeout. Game on. That was pretty much closing out. Game I know, on. man, Bobby but he always, he always interrupts you, and you don't interrupt him. That's, I don't interrupt people. I like you, Brad. So it's anyway, personable. thanks for it's tuning in. Like P-Rate reports hunting, fishing, and outdoors. Thanks, guys. Check game on out. Game on. Game on. Game on. Game on.